Here's a little song I wrote. You might want to sing it. Note, note for, for note. note. Don't, Don't worry. worry. Be, Be happy. happy. <laughs> I want everyone out there singing that because we have a happy show for you today. We've got something really positive and something that's going to improve your life. Before we even get started, I want to encourage you to go ahead, click that button and become a subscriber, like the show, use the super chat fe uh, feature, and now use what they call the super thanks feature. You are the ones who are keeping the Ayn Rand Center UK literally on the air with hours of programming a week, original programming with some of the brightest minds of objectivism. We have two of them with you today, but you know, people you know like James Valiant, Harry Binswanger, Don Watkins, and Chicholina, and so many more. So um, thank you for supporting us and keeping, as they say, the lights on and the, the ideas flowing. Ideas are what change the word, world. And one of those ideas is happiness. Rand wrote a lot about this, quoting Rand now, happiness is the successful state of life. Pain is an agent of death. Happiness is the state of consciousness which proceeds from the achievement of one's values. The purpose of morality is to teach you not to suffer and die, but to enjoy yourself and live. Who else is talking about these ideas uh, but objectivists and objectivism like our guest today? On the Daily Objective, Tal Tsvani and Amanda Maxim. Welcome to you both. Hello. Hello. We're tremendously hardworking uh, soldiers in the field of ideas. So we always appreciate you stopping by the Daily Objective. And here you're today. Well, first of all, for those who don't know, and Tal is obviously the, the CEO of the Iran Institute. Um, he has a huge history actually in the corporate world. He was the uh, VP of a company called Amdocs, which is listed on the NASDAQ, a successful career in that. Amanda's a PhD in astrophysics. She has a master's in astronomy. She's done all this public policy work, Heartland Institute, the Iran Institute. And uh, of course, we always recommend her podcast, Rise and Fall, which is uh, just one of our favorites here as well. So thank you. Yeah, guys you should both check for out the here. new one too. Go to happiestpodcast.com and check out Happiest Man Alive. I think you might know who the happiest man alive is. <laughs> well, yeah, and that's why no you're spoilers here. 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 <laughs> to talk about something that should be of the whole purpose, you know, saying Miss Randy, the, the purpose of morality is to, to be happy, to achieve values and success. To, to, and, and that's part of really what, a big part of what you two are focusing on now, the, specifically the happiness team. Tal, what is it? The happiness team is, uh, is my attempt to build a bridge uh, between uh, understanding that there is a blueprint out there called objectivism that guides you towards um, understanding the principles of life, who we are as human beings, what is the nature of reality, what is good for us to do. So you got you get the, the from Rand you get two two layers, right? One is a full understanding of the physics of you know how to go about uh, building a life, and then she give you gives you an ideal like a Howard Rourke and uh, you know, a John Galt and uh, a Dagny. And she gives you all those inspiring um, um, role models to say that that's how you should live. But let's say you've read every fiction and nonfiction book of Ayn Rand. Now what? <laughs> how does Jonathan figures out, the 18 year old, 16 year old Jonathan figures out who he is, what is he passionate about? What kind of, path does he needs to forge uh, forward and build what we call a career out, uh, out of, uh, you know, out of life? What are the, his values in different domains of career and relationships and health and rejuvenation and, and wealth creation and all those domains? And how do we go about achieving them? Uh, because one of the things that I've figured out is that Ayn Rand was always a hero. I mean, She's one of those people that I'm sure you know that really knew what they wanted to be from a very early age. They've they had maniacal focus on it, and they just forged ahead towards a, a path that they knew is the right one for them. My older son is like that, right? I don't know if you want to ask something. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Let's, well, I, I wanted just to quickly follow up on this idea. You know, happiness is something even to. I mean, and, and for those, I really want everyone to go check it out. Here's the the, I think, fairly new webpage, myhappiness.team. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this click is a that, really Click beautiful... that apply button <laughs> when you're there. Yeah, I mean, this... if you want to join the happiness team, we got one coming up. Yes. Yeah, I mean, this looks like something that would be a presentation of at Oracle or at Nortel or, you know, any kind of, you know, real, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, technology company. So 
this is something that, you know, Tal, you've really systematized. But even before yes. we get into that, you know, I want to just ask why happiness? You know, yeah. people say, oh, Ayn Rand, it was about making money. So why not, <laughs> I don't know, teach a course about hate making money? Or even like to, to Amanda's, why not a course about heroism or being successful? I mean, this is a, and I know it's more than just a course, but what, what about, what's unique about happiness that is making you spend so much time and so much of the Institute's focus on it? What, what else other than happiness? I would say, you know, um, it's, it's such a complicated uh, concept because we are complicated beings. And I think what I was alluding to is that it's one thing to understand philosophy and discover Rand's life-serving ideas. It's another thing to apply them to yourself and to the only unique human being that will ever exist that is you. And figuring it out to be your, your version of Howard Rourke, which is, this is exactly what happened to me. When I finished, I closed the last page of, of uh, The Fountainhead, I was standing in my walk-in closet and I was asking myself in the dark, it was midnight, like, who am I going to be? And by the way, it was very violent for me because I was turning 40. I was not a 16 year old asking like this broad question about the future. It was like, no, it's not working up until now. Or actually it worked in some aspect, but I want much more than that. So um, the happiness team is all about diving into this meaning, the deep meaning of this concept happiness, breaking it apart understanding Rand's view of it, which is exactly what, what you read, which is the quote that I think is brilliant. It gives us the whole engineering of how we should think about it. But I went deeper into, okay, what do I do with it question? And so there are, I, I, I sat down to write a book about my experience and suddenly the outline looked like a system. You know, oh, I did this and then I did that and I failed and I tried again and I failed and I tried again and this is what I came up with. So I figured out how to map my views into a value galaxy and put it on a board and define the value themes out of those concretes. What, and when I read the five different value themes in my life, it's like, this is me. I mean, this is me on paper. And after defining that, it's like, okay, so how am I going to allocate my time to pursue those things? And connecting things together, it's like, wow, what, did, what would I do with, like, what, what do I do with the fact that I'm in tech and my value galaxy says education, philosophy, ideas, presentation, speaking, and uh, doesn't align. <laughs> so it serves a really nice purpose of self-expression in the technology, it actually makes me money, which is a great value. And then I thought about value domains. What if I separated the what, what makes me money from what is my you know, central purpose? Can they work together? Of course, they should. But sometimes, why? What if I take all the money, I put it in real estate investments, I get passive income, I go write a book. Um, you all kinds of thought experiments of how can I derive maximum happiness? So I came up with this you know, big kind of- uh, well, and, and tell, let, me, let me just stop it for yeah. one second. I mean, it just, it's so unique, even the idea that here you are sitting around at whether it's 18 or 30 or 40 or whatever, and thinking about how to maximize my happiness. I mean, that yes. is so indulgent, you know, that's <laughs> so selfish because, you know, what's good, I'm sure Amanda, I mean, I don't know too much of, of your background, but even among non-religious people, the idea is, is you know, what helps you is helping others. You know, what do they tell college graduates now? It's like, you wanna be happy, you're gonna have a life of service to anyone but yourself. You know, your happiness, if it comes, it comes from, you know, but part of what I know, I mean, a big part of what you guys are saying is, is that this is, you know, happiness isn't, it's, it's selfish, isn't it, Amanda? I mean, it's something that is profoundly selfish. Yeah, it's profoundly, deliciously selfish. It's, it's like the whole point of, of your life and it, and there is something like you said, really, uh, I don't know if it's like a, a, a relief or something really empowering about saying, no, I'm going to take that seriously. And it's actually, yeah, I, I not only get that that's the point of my life. And maybe I had an inkling of that, you know, when I was young and I thought life was for me. Because when you're a child, like that's what you do. You explore, you explore the world as if it was meant just for you. And somehow, you know, you lose that or people around you tell you, or, or I, in my case, I told myself, yeah, but you have to be realistic. 
right. and you, you aren't going to get what what you really, really, really want from life. And so part of what the happiness team does is it gives you both the, you know, the confidence to know who who really am I? Because that's a that's not an easy question to answer. <laughs> who am I and, and and what do I really actually scientifically respond to? So you have to observe yourself and figure that out. So it's it's having the confidence that you know who you are and what it is you want out of life. And then the second part is, okay, I've got the confidence. Now I need the courage to actually act on it. And and I think of it like you've seen the Indiana Jones movie where he goes to like the, the he's he's overlooking the chasm, like he's in the temple or something, and he's about to he's he's got his notebook with him and he he's like, okay, I think there's a bridge here. There's gotta be a bridge here. And then he sprinkles a little bit of sand and he's like, Oh, I can kind of see the bridge, but you still you gotta take that first step. And he's he's nervous and afraid to do it. And it's gives you the comp like the courage to do that. Um, and Tal's told me that confidence and courage adds up to integrity. So I'm, I want to plug the, we have a virtual happiness team um, intensive coming up May 27th through the 29th. Go to myhappiness.team and hit the apply button because, I mean, you, you listen to Tal talk here. He's, so, he's like, <laughs> he's so excited to share what he's learned about the world with you. And it's a complex problem. You're, you're your own individual person. Um, we want to help you figure out what it is that you really want out of life and, and make a plan to go after it. Cause that's something powerful. I'm so, I'm so happy. I'm so happy. I'm so kind of excited and intrigued that you're spending so much time and focus on that because I mean, even in the last 48 hours, the, the journal had a headline of best books about business. You know, it's not just Ayn Rand. And it's like, people think, oh, Ayn Rand, it's, it's about business. It's about, you know, selfishness or maybe about low taxes. So, you know, people don't know anything about like the whole purpose of Rand and the kind of result, at least in my experience, I'm not speaking for Ms. Rand now, but like the, living a better life, living a more meaningful life. And thank you, Robert, Regina, Equal to Reality. They're all subscribers to our YouTube channel. It's a couple of shekels or euros or pounds or dollars or whatever it is a, a month. And it really helps us keep the lights going. And I think helps you be happy too. You always talk about value for value. Thank you, Mary Lean. We need a little more super chats to show that value today. But, you know, I love that, you know, as you said, Tal, this is a, a translation of Rand's fiction to one's life. And they're yeah. great stories. You know, they're exciting stories, but you know, they also are life-changing. What's the old cliche? Oh, I read Ayn Rand and it changed my life. But let me ask you, our, our tease today was the, the science of happiness. So isn't happiness just kind of like, hey man, do what you love or I don't know, retire early, make a lot of money and retire early, write a book like you did. I mean, is there right. really a science, a science to happiness? That's the thing I think that is the, the biggest misconception. Uh, you, I read a lot of self-help book to really understand other points of view. And I have to say, it's a mixed bag of great advice. I just read a book that I really recommend called Designing Your Life uh, of two Apple uh, engineers who are applying the, the world of product design to life design. And there's a lot of truths there. But what's common about it is that they're, they're basing their science on, on nothing. On, there's no real understanding of what the end goal is. What is happiness? There's no definition. One of the best-selling book is called Stumbling on Happiness. I mean, it's an accident, right? You can't plan for it. It just happens or not. Um, all the self-help gurus are telling you, make more money, start a company. It's like, what if I want to be a teacher? I just want to be in front of kids all day. Should I start a company? No, you shouldn't, right? So there's a lot of... Um, baked in premises about what it is and happiness is a such a serious concept i mean we should teach every you know middle schooler and high schooler wait a second right let's dive into this idea of what what are you here to do what is the nature of this thing that you know you're carrying around your mind your body what is it supposed how does it thrive so i think what's unique about what we're doing is i think it's Maybe not the first time, but it's a, it's a real honest attempt to take the best philosophy that we know of, which is the science of happiness. People are trying to measure it. You know, I see like 63% of the people that did this rep reported 7% increase in their happiness. It's like, what? 
What does it mean? And, um, and, and that's how uh, psychology and so sociology and whoever thinks that they're uh, thinking uh, that they're, I've heard a, a speaker, well-known speaker talk like, I'm Dr. Happiness. And I can tell you that happiness is all about loving everyone. Just love everyone every day, all day, and your life will be better. That's the level of how um, corrupt, I would say, the science of happiness is. The science of happiness is truly philosophy. And if you understand that, then you can go down deep into the foundations of the human mind and of reality and the combination of those two things into a morality. And from there, derive not just the physics of how to build your, you know, your rocket ship of life, but the engineering that I think what Amanda and I are doing is giving you based on that physics, the engineering tips and tricks on how to think about who you are, ask the deepest questions, bring all of it out with the, with the uh, learning the skills of introspection, which are, I think are underrated completely. I don't think anyone can truly be happy without having some skills of introspection and understanding what's going on inside as a response to what's going outside. And then taking you all the way to kicking your butt and saying, okay, you said you want this and you proved to everyone in, the, in this accountability team that you, you wanna do this and we've planned it and we know how life would look like when you get it. Now go ahead and do it. And that's where the rubber meets the road and all kinds of psychological barriers surface, right? Defense mechanism and all kinds of rationalizations in your head and self-talk that you need to get rid of. And, and that's where, by the way, with the self-help world does a lot of good because it's, it, a lot of those workshops show you that you can do what you, you want. It's just that you have to quit that negative self-talk. So, you know, really forging through it to the point where you're starting to see that virtuous cycle of, I, I know myself, I know what I want, I'm getting it. Oh, if I can do this, what else can I achieve, you know? Thank you, thank you, Bradley, for your generous contribution, donation to the Ayn Rand Center UK. I mean, you're helping us keep the lights on, keep this programming coming, and you know, keep Tall and Amanda's uh, exploration in and evangel, evangel, evangelism of happiness. You know, Tal, you said something. Part of what you're doing, for my estimation, now this is my analysis, is really new because, as we said, I mean, you know, there is no kind of voice for happiness as a primary. You think of happiness as something you stumble on, like you said, or it's, what do they always say now? It's the happiness countries on earth. So if you're lucky yeah. enough, I guess, to live oh, in yeah. Sweden. <laughs> um, but like, you remember Nathaniel Brandon basically invented the happiness. It wasn't called happiness, the self-esteem movement back in the seventies. Now at that point he had been he had left objectivism, he'd been kicked out of objectivism, but so much of Nathaniel Brandon was revolutionary. And uh, this is my estimation now, but basically learned from Ayn Rand. So, you know, you're building on, I think, a tradition that objectivism always had. Well, that I, I read Nathaniel Brandon. I think the book that he wrote under Ayn Rand are way better than what uh, he wrote later on. I have just to say, I think to, to the point where he, he wrote things that I don't think are good uh, at all. Yeah. Um, but I think you're right in the sense that he, uh, being a psychologist, he was interested in the, in the state of well-being and self-esteem and did a lot of work towards that. And I think in a way, um, we're continuing to talk about implementing objectivism, right? Uh, that's what it means to implement objectivism. And one of the things I did is I partnered with, with Amanda because Amanda and I share this passion for engineering, right? And <laughs> science. Uh, and we both really want to understand how things work. So we share the passion of really going down to the level of details uh, of, uh, of techniques and um, you know, uh, all kinds of mechanisms that we can apply to uh, make our, you know, our participants' lives better in a short period of time. By the way, Amanda didn't say it, but it's the first time that we're doing it virtually in a very squeezed manner, which is, uh, there's a reason for that. We think that there, a lot can happen if you work uh, continuously. So it's gonna be six hours on a Friday and a six hour on a Saturday, and then four more hours on a Sunday. Um, and our, our engineering mind is trying to put out something that keeps evolving and improving that takes a person from point A, where there's like a little bit of a 
fogginess about, okay, I understand Rand, I understand what she's saying. Why am I not seeing the results and the payoff of all of this and taking them through a journey with us? Um, and we can talk about the, the, the structure of the happiness team, but that's what Amanda and I um, you know, set out to do. And, and I would say it's working. Yeah, I think, so first of all, go to myhappiness.team right now uh, and, and apply because that's the way to, you know, to get yourself on, on board with, uh, with the, the workshop that's coming up. I think what's unique about the happiness team. And, and by the way, if I yeah. correct it, this is, this is not expensive. Not at this point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is this We're is still experimenting. Is, yes. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, sixteen that, you know, hours. Yeah, sixteen hours, and then after that, there's a weekly meeting that goes on for a long time, and you're creating a, an accountability team that hopefully will go for a long time, like other teams. And uh, yeah, it's what is it, Amanda? Four hundred. Four hundred and ninety dollars is all. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. I think what's unique about the happiness team, it's like what Tao was saying about it's this this combination of like the science and engineering of happiness. So you, if you want to hear me going through the, the happiness team process myself, you should listen to my podcast. You can, it's called happiest man alive. You can find it at happiestpodcast.com. Um, I think, yeah. So I was a little bit like, really, I'm going to put a podcast out in the self-help category. I'm a scientist. <laughs> that's like, that's insane. And I know that this, this whole field, it just, it seems like a whole bunch of like BS. I'm not interested in it. And that was one of the first things that Tao really had to convince me of. Like, no, we are, I am, I am a hundred percent committed to taking a scientific approach to this. And if at any time I feel like this is not scientific, we need to, to stop and to, um, and to check it because that's what you get. I mean, I, I, you know, I've seen people like Tony Robbins and, and others, um, like, I don't know, Jordan Peterson too, and they can be really inspirational at times, but I often feel like there's nothing like it's hollow in a way behind it. It's like, okay, but I was inspired, but I don't really know what to do. And so I think that's the unique combination is it's, there's this, this science of what is happiness and, and all the learning that you can do um, to really get what it is, like, what's the purpose of your life? And then it's the engineering. It's okay. So now how do I make that happen? And one of the cool things about this problem is that it's, it's you, it's like, it's your unique perspective on life. And that's the thing you have to figure out. It's like doing me search and, and, uh, and it's a, always an interesting, fresh thing to, to work on. And the reward for it is huge. It's that I could figure this out. I could actually, you know, get to someplace, um, better and improve my life and find the courage to like whatever people on the happiness team finally do. It's like quit that job, um, start the start the company, um, start, you know, um, talking to the people in my life in a more in a more honest and meaningful way. There's all sorts of things that people begin to do um, because they finally, you know, pledge fidelity to who they are, knowing scientifically, yes, this is really who I am. It's awesome. And I love the pack too. That I mean, what you're emphasizing here is action. You know, is doing something. I mean, I always feel like Peikoff emphasizes that philosophy isn't something to just kind of sit around and talk about on a college campus. Um, he had a quote. I always think about that. If you want something in reality, don't live in fantasy. And the fact that you have systematized this so much into, you know, just something to go out and do, and to kind of get together with some other people. And man, is just it's, it's my happiness team myhappiness.team to go sign up for this. It reminds me very much of kind of what you read about in the, in the, the objectivist movement in the 1960s, which was a lot of interesting offshoots and projects going on, people learning about art and people learning about education and learning about all the, and, and bettering their lives in the process. And it wasn't necessarily objectivism, I misran, but it was people inspired by Ms. Rand's ideas to create things that were really life-changing and life-affirming. Um, and Robert, just to uh, just a note before we continue, because I think it's very important for me, the, the, the person that really uh, inspired me is Leonard Peikoff. I mean, Leonard's podcasts and Leonard's radio shows were something I just consumed religiously. I mean, I was so interested in seeing how he uh, applies objectivism in every aspect of life. I remember walking in Chicago, your, your, your town. It was freezing and I, I'm with my, uh, my headphones and I play on a new, um, a new uh, 
lecture that he called uh, uh, something in sex. And like, wow, that's going to be interesting hearing Leonard Peikoff talk about sex. And I remember walking in the street. First, I was at awe at how someone can speak so openly about sex. And then being so, well, first he's funny. You know how funny Leonard can, can be. And so I'm, I'm cracking up in the street on my way to meet someone. And I'm like, I can't believe that someone is, uh, his attitude towards uh, sex is like a celebration. I've never heard that before. I mean, I've read Rand, I know about, you know, exchanging value for value, but his attitude, the celebratory aspect of, and I mean, I, he just opened up a world of opportunities for me. I won't share the details, but you can imagine what it does to a person who's like, now I get it. Now I understand why fantasies are good, why you should play at sex and, you know, make it, make it something new every, I mean, just hearing Leonard answering people's questions over the years was really the, the fabric that allowed me to carry myself from one point before Rand all the way to, to another point, which is uh, completely elevate, much more elevated state of being and uh, thriving. You know, I, I thought about the fact that I define four domain values. One is career related values, uh, relationships with the different types of relationships in your life. There's uh, health and rejuvenation, everything about, you know, uh, health and, uh, and, and uh, fun and activities and hobbies and even the enjoyment of art, spirituality, and the wealth creation, which is how I'm going to buy the time to pursue my values. So those are four domains. And I was thinking about the fact that slowly I figured out how to elevate my life in all four domains of values using objectivism. And it's not straightforward. I mean, Rand talks a lot about career, right? Rand talks a lot about the nature of relationship, what, what type of relationships and all kinds of different relationships. What do you do with health and rejuvenation? How do you find the things that you really find as fun? I mean, real fun. And people are astonished to figure out that there's an underlying common denominator to the things you find as fun. And you can discover much more. Um, not to mention the fact is how do you make money? People don't know how to make money. Now you can, I'm sure, train people how to make money better than I do, but <laughs> they don't know that money can make money. You don't have to work and slave away trying to, no, you can be smart about how to buy more time to allow yourself to do the things that do not generate money, which I, I, I urge you to do more of. I mean, people think it's a race for the million dollars yeah. or whatever that is, right? And so learning so much about um, from Leonard how to approach this in, in a life-loving way uh, it, it was a big breakthrough. Yeah, Ms. Rand has that quote, you know, savings buys time. Yes. Uh, but you have <laughs> to have that for morality to do it. She has that wonderful quote that this is a morality that dares to tell you to find happiness is the renunciation of your happiness that is a, a bad morality to value the failures of your life is an insolent negation of morality. But isn't that, as you said, I mean, Amanda, you kind of alluded to it. I mean, young people in my experience today, and I know we have a lot of people listening and thank you, Robert, for the support, uh, Marilene for the support, Marilene, once again, and we'll get to that real quickly, but like people are almost told these days not to be happy from the morality. And only I think what you and tall or tall and you and, Objectivism at large is doing is saying your life matters, your happiness matters, and here's a here's a, a, a systematic way to make it happen. Ta Robert yeah. says someday Tal Tsvani's happiness teams or whatever the program involves into will be as much a regular OIST coming of age process as the OAC, which is so interesting because the OAC is about kind of learning objectivism and maybe a lot of what you guys are doing that's, is about learning happiness. That's yeah, a big compliment. Thank, thank you, Robert. Yeah, uh, it's huge. Yeah. I think of it as, it's, you're talking about like what, what happens when you're young and the messages that you get. You get, I mean, you certainly get mixed messages. There are a lot of parents, you know, that they love their children and they want to support them. And it's, wow, you're, you're interested in art. Let me, that's, that's an amazing thing that you did. But you also get this other message of, you're all going to the same school. We're going to shuffle you through. Like, I don't know. Like, oh, I, well, in well, the we could do a whole right show there. on that. I think they beat yeah. it out of you. I mean, they say, you know, 
who are you to be happy? You know, you should be focusing on other people and success is not going to pursue a career. Like you said, Tal, it's like taking the first two years and going and visit digging latrines in the most far off place with people you've never heard of. So it's like, it's systematically beaten out of you that your happiness is only matter. I mean, as a, as someone who did new textbook of Americanism, I always think of, you know, life, liberty, the pursuit of what? <laughs> happiness, <Yes. laughs> whose happiness, your happiness. Mary Lean says, I love my happiness team. I've met amazing supportive people who have a wide range of cool goes. And yes, Tal will kick your butt. Now, wait a minute, <laughs> paying for this? Hey, hey Mary Lean, yeah, it's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's like, the, it's what you don't get in, you don't get in, in school. I, like, I remember I was doing like calculus in, I don't know, third or fourth grade. And then it was but you can't do it in school because you have to go through pre-algebra and out like just like everybody else. And it's, it, it's like, you're invisible to the things that are good about you and that you are passionate about. It's no one cares and you can't do that. And it's, we're not really going to take that. You're, you're seriously, that wears you down after a while. And this is the exact opposite. It's like, no, you're passionate about something. You even have like the the, you know, your, the thread of something you might be interested in. Let's dive into it and see how much you enjoy it. What are the aspects that you really enjoy? Let's, let's look at that and explore it. And it's so personal and so selfish. And it's like, finally, the people around me can see who, who I am. And they, they not only appreciate that, but they also, um, <laughs> they can't wait for me to, to, to do and achieve the things that I want. And there's something on the reverse for being in the happiness team of seeing the people in the team discovering who they are is amazing. And, and also watching them to go after something that they really want, it inspires you in a way that nothing else does. It's like real people doing real things that are meaningful to, to them. Um, and, and that's something that I, like, it was, I guess if you had told me that that was going to happen, I would have said, yeah, that makes sense. But it was this unexpected thing for me that, wow, how, how cool is it to watch other people figure themselves out and go after something they really love. It's like, I get emotional just even thinking about it. So come join us, myhappiness.team, come apply. Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, Marilene, you're, you have a lot of fans up there, Amanda. Our messaging and our <laughs> traffic always spikes when you're on the screen, but Marilene says, Amanda is wonderful. Her style is more gentle. Now she says then, oops, it's wonderful, but I'll say, I think it's both gentle and wonderful and motivated <laughs> all at the same time. No, I think time. she's uh, the between Charles who kicks your butt and man, Amanda that is more gentle. No, but seriously, <laughs> I, I think I, I, <laughs> I want to say something about, um, you said that the spark is being beaten out of us. I, as objectivists, we really focus on the idea of altruism, which is of course the source of all evil. There's another aspect, which is you are like everybody else. Think about taking a kid, one likes football and the other, guy, the other kid likes poetry. And you sit them in the same classroom in front of the same teacher with the same chair, with the same schedule and the same curriculum. I think we should understand that the thing that is really bitten out of us very early is that we are unique souls, completely unique souls. And we need someone to allow us to discover our individuality to the deepest levels. And I think the heroes, if you see what's common about heroes is they have a true sense of individuality and they're super uncompromising about it. I mean, if I like to build iPhones, I like to build iPhones. Don't talk to me about anything else. Or if I wanna go to Mars, I will go to Mars. I don't care how much it's gonna cost and how much energy I need to expend. Um, so. So there's something that I think, even as objectivists, we have to figure out to ourselves, which is not just not doing for others, but what does it mean to do for me? Uh -huh. What does it mean to find my happiness? And I think what Amanda was alluding to is that the process we're focusing on in the first part of the workshop is answering the question, who, who am I? And that's not an easy answer, uh, question to answer because people give you the statistics of like, I'm, I'm 52, I have three kids, I've got a wife, I live in Atlanta, blah, 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 blah. It's like, okay, I, I just learned nothing about who you are. And understanding to talk in a, in a language that is, uh, is all about what I respond to, the values that are out there, the, the, the toys in the sandbox that I find interesting, 
is something that we're not taught to, to talk in those kind of terms. And I think that's what I find that we need to do work with objectivists, people who truly understand everything. They still have the idea of like, yeah, I'm like everybody else and I have a job and what's wrong? Why do I, why do I have a hole in my soul, right? And, and I think the, the answer to that is, is finding or reconnecting with who you are and putting a, a feasible plan. Because what, another gap that people have is like, I know who I am, but I cannot build that reality. Me, uh, an actor, a musician, uh, me writing a book, me traveling the world, me, I don't know, um, being a, and you know, changing, a, a changing my, 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 uh, my career from this to something completely different. No, it cannot happen. And that, that is the courage that needs to be built from the understanding that there's really no alternative. You either bet on yourself and what you love and give it all, or you're going to regret. I mean, and if you, everything you know, if you know anything about Ayn Rand is that, you know, she was involved in projects and learning and writing really, as I understand it, up until her last couple of weeks and hours. I mean, she was approving scripts. She was learning yes. mathematics, um, you know, and she, there's that quote about, you know, man is an end to himself. He exists for his own sake. And people always say, oh, well, there's the selfishness, but they even forget with the achievement of his own happiness is his high, higher, highest moral purpose. So I love that you are making this, making introspection, knowing yourself a real focus um, and, a, and a good and something worth valuing. Enric, thank you for your contribution, your donation, your support. He says the focus on introspection is what is often hidden. That is your happiness. And building that is very valuable on the happiness team. So he is, as they say, uh, another satisfied customer, of my happiness yes. team, <laughs> my happiness dot team. I am yeah. Rick. Yeah, I agree. That having the skills to to look inside and figure out what's going on is huge. It was huge for me. So um, we have a workbook that, um, you know, that we've developed that is uh, has exercises in it that helps you to figure out how do I do that systematically? How do I access the thing inside? It's like, I am having this emotion. I don't really know why, what it means. It's uncomfortable. Or if it's a good emotion, it's like, okay, this is good, but I don't want it to be fleeting. Like I want to, I want to know how to get more of that. And you have to be able to <laughs> to yeah to look inside and understand where's the emotion coming from what is the thing what's behind it um and if you can understand that then you it's like the key to the universe it's like i can i can now change things it's like that's half the problem is knowing what's going on um and what is the value I, and and what is the so because we talk about how value judgments create feelings right yeah so identifying the value at stake identifying the what my subconscious is is doing in evaluating that value that is at stake and then understanding why I, I get that emotion is such a clarifying liberating process um, and that it uncovers a lot of truths about yourself and your nature um, on top of a lot of self-talk and rationalizations and maybe even defense mechanisms that you build for yourself about stories that you tell yourself about yourself that maybe were injected into your consciousness by external forces and you have to undo all of those to build the authenticity and the truthfulness about like no i just love dancing i just love it and i don't care people you know people say it's awkward i just love the move and i want to do more of it um and 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 things like that so we take yeah, I mean, and what, what's so yeah. cool about this tell is that you're not you know you're not repeating objectivist doctrine or you know you're this you know you're not this isn't um, you know, about winning a political argument on Facebook no. and with a little Ayn Rand meme. <laughs> this is something that's so more fundamental about ultimately living a better life. And you know, Dr. Brooke, Jerome Brooke always talks about, you know, you have every second is so valuable. And so what you guys are kind of doing with the happiness team is, is like, in my estimation, is like giving people a, a manual of how to maximize every second. Yeah, second after that, second. that's the idea. That's the idea to really squeeze out of life the, the, the most joy and, and fulfillment. It's a serious thing. It's not like walking around with a smile all day long. It's engaging in something you know is super meaningful to you and you know where the meaning is coming from and why. And 
I always say in front of me, there's a big whiteboard with my value map in front of it. And I look at it on a daily basis, many times a day. And it's like, yes, I know exactly why this meeting or this engagement is serving those things. And whenever I do something that's like, how does this connect to my value system? And there's no connection. I was like, I should do less, less of that. So really optimizing and being serious about allocating your time to uh, optimize you know, again, going back to the idea that Amanda and I are both uh, engineers, we want to find the uh, the optimization formula <laughs> of uh, <laughs> how do you really understanding the the parameter uh, that uh, the standard by which you have to measure every activity or potential projects. Another thing I talk about is focus, because sometimes there are a lot of competing values. People are like I want to do this and I want to do that and I want to do this and I don't know what to do first. That's another problem. It's a good problem to have because you figure out what's meaningful, but how do you now prioritize and kill one of your values to say, I have no time for you. I'm gonna go do something else. That is so hard to learn. Uh, I play this uh, clip from Johnny Ive who used to work with uh, Steve Jobs about not doing the things you really, really want to do is what focus is all about. So really stretching it all the way to the, to the uh, techniques and uh, mechanisms by which you cannot, you can choose what, val what values to go after and being serious about achieving them and a splitting between like, okay, thinking mind and acting mind, which is again, something very big that people uh, conflate. Like, oh, should I do it? Yeah, let's go try and do it. And while you're trying to do it, it's like, should I be doing it? No, a complete separation of strategy and tactics, being on the balcony or the dance floor or the, strategy room and the battlefield, whatever you want to call it. Um, there are a lot of concepts that I think have to do with the process of achievement that I think Howard Rock has baked in that we need to un unpack and really, really show um, our, you know, our, our participants that, you know, this is how you do it. This is how you get serious about something and completely focus so because you want to see yourself succeed and achieve things in reality to build the motivation and the momentum to go out and achieve bigger and bigger things. Yeah, Tal's talking about this value galaxy and the value map. And it's, it's that's something that we, you know, we teach you to do and, and help you to develop while you're in the happiness team. And when someone comes with their their completed, their value galaxy, and you can see it, it's like, seeing the person in a new wavelength of light, right? So I'm an astronomer and like you look out in the universe and it's, there's something amazing about it. It's like, I put on the x-ray glasses and I can see you now in this added dimension or this added color. It's like, I really know who you are and what it is that makes you tick. And it's, so me seeing you is, is one thing, but you seeing yourself is like, wow, that's so powerful. Cause now I know, I know what to do. It's like, every one of us is given this unique consciousness and this, you know, and, and we don't really know what to do with it, but if you could learn, like figure out how to drive it, I mean, think about all the places you could go. I love what you guys are doing. I and mean, I feel like I really personally grew up, if you will, a little bit when I stopped feeling like I had to prove that Ayn Rand was right or convince anyone and just feeling like I'm making my life better learning these ideas. It's these ideas have made my life better. We talked about it in this program over and over again. And you know, you, you're you doing so much of that with happiness team. I'm gonna give you an exit question because we are out of time. Okay. Um, I'm gonna give you an exit question. We're gonna come back with you in just one second. Uh, here's the exit question and you're gonna have exactly one minute to formulate your answers. Tal, it, shouldn't people be a little bit embarrassed to ask for help in being happy? I mean, if you know Ayn Rand and you know, I mean, isn't it, you know, shouldn't you feel a bit like, you know, if you're happy, if you're not happy, aren't you depressed? And Amanda, your, that's your exit question. And Amanda, your exit question is this, your happiness is called the most happiness, the happiest man on earth? Happiest man alive. Okay, now we know man is the species. It's not the, <laughs> you know. So is there a lot of pressure for you to be that happiness man? I mean, don't you wake up some days and feel like, uh, feel like shit and just want to get, you know, yoo-hoo and stay in bed all day? Those are your exit <laughs> questions. Thank you, Bonnie, for your support. Thank you, Navrell, for your support with 50 of the TRY, which is, thank you so much for that. Thank you for all these contributions. Take this opportunity. You've been with us for this period of time. You're watching after the fact. Become a subscriber. 
I'm not just saying it to fill up time while they're thinking, do this, click the button right now, like the button right now, you are literally keeping us alive. And we're working on the trader principle here. You're giving us $2, $5, five euros. I mean, no offense, but you've spent that on not just Netflix this month, coffee this today. So it means so much to us. Rosie Ginsburg is doing everything to keep this ship alive, to grow it. We're doing in-person events now. We're doing more and more with the biggest names in, in objectivism. Some of them I can't pronounce, like Nikos's name, but I know <laughs> that they're the biggest names. So take that opportunity. So first of all, thank you, Amanda. And thank you, Tal. You guys are running all over the world. So thank you for being here. And uh, Amanda, I'll go to you first. I mean, is there a lot of pressure to be the happiest man alive every day? Uh, so yes and no. Okay, so I there's pressure in a good way. So it's it's the pressure of uh, like one of the things it tells us is that you you know you you take how many let's see subtract your age from one hundred, multiply that by fifty two. That's the number of weeks that you have to live. I'm, and being generous, whoa, 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 to wait a minute, wait a Right, got your got your calculator here. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, Hold on. All right, finish that. I'm going to just uh, um, look at something quickly on the web here. And that's it. Take your age, subtract it by the hundred, and then multiply by fifty-two. Yeah, yeah, that's the number of weeks you have left to live, and that's it. Once it's over, it's over. And what are you going to do with that time? And so the pressure is that I've become a lot more impatient and demanding of life where it's, I, I've got it. Like I know who it is that I am and what it is that I want. And if I don't go after it, nobody's going to give it to me. I have, I like, I have to do it because otherwise what's the point? I might as well just jump in the box right now. Right. So yeah, I've become like much more demanding and, and I feel the, the pressure. I know this is not my question. You asked Tal about being embarrassed about, you know, seeking happiness. Um, there was a time when we first began that I felt like, oh man, aren't I kind of a fraud here? Because I haven't figured it out. I still haven't figured it out. I'm in the process of figuring it out, but I bet you asked Tal, like, have you figured it out completely? It's like, no, it's, it's, I'm always striving for more and trying to, to get better. And, and there are issues that come up unexpectedly and feelings that I don't understand. And I, but it's like, I've built the tools to, to deal with those. And, and so. Is that yeah, kind I of think, tell, uh, uh, well, tell, is that kind of like, you know, people say, oh, I'm not like Howard Rourke or I'm not like John Gall, but you know, your, your exit question, what I guess we're kind of saying is, hey, it's okay to be seeking happiness. That's a good thing. You yes. don't have to, there's no pressure to have, oh, just, oh, I read Rand and I'm an expert in this, I'm happy, but it's a good thing to say, oh, I want a little help having a better life. Of course. Well, first, you'll never be Howard Work and nobody will be you, right? You're so unique. Nobody will ever be you. Um, you know how Ayn Rand, before answering a question, will always try to understand the premise of the question. So I'm asking myself, why would someone ask the question or say I'm embarrassed or should I be embarrassed? Like what's leading them to that? And I think it's maybe a fallacy of uh, knowing everything, you know, you should figure out things on your omniscience. own. Yeah, yeah omniscient uh, and, and, and being omniscient. And did you ever pick up a book to learn something from someone or do you th expect to learn everything on your own? Do you agree that some people are better at figuring out some aspects of life better than you? I mean, I know nothing about investment like you do. I'm, I'm sure if you know, I ever have a, uh, ex, you know, extra money and thinking about who to give it to to make me more money, I'll go to someone like Jonathan and not myself because I because I can read your book a hundred times. I'm not as passionate as you are. So really, understanding that there's knowledge out there that are, is being produced by people who are passionate about it and maybe are better than you in those domains of either creating knowledge or applying knowledge is, I think, the, at the bottom of every trade and every exchange that you can have. So if you're asking yourself the question, should I be embarrassed? You're violating that in the sense that, of course, I should not be embarrassed. You know, why should I embarrass, be embarrassed to, you know, on First grade, having my, my, my teacher saying two and two is four. It's like, I'm so embarrassed that you taught me that because I, I could have figured out that on my own. No, go and do whatever you need to do to make your life richer, better, and faster, by the way. That's the idea. If it's going to take you five years to figure that out, don't wait. Go to do a workshop over a weekend and expedite and cut the corner and do it much faster. As Amanda said, we have a limited you know, time to live. 
You should learn as fast as you can, implement as fast as you can. Let me tell you another secret. Okay, let's say you've learned everything. Now this starts an iteration of like, I'm gonna try to implement. And once you try to implement everything that you've, you've figured out on your head, it's gonna fail. And then you'll integrate it. It's like, what didn't work? Oh, I didn't think about it. it's gonna be that complicated. Let me try it again. So the learning of, the, of, 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 of what is true about you and what you really enjoy is a, it's a lifelong process. And again, this is, and, and, and the last part, by the way, of the happiness team is the, the a tragedy is that you see people doing everything right and they're never cashing out on happiness. So even the cashing out, just the last mile of get the happiness out of it, stop and appreciate, celebrate, take a breath, enjoy, is, is what people uh, don't do. And uh, yeah, so the last part that you just showed in that flower at the bottom is, is pursuit and monitoring. And part of the monitoring aspect is like, when things are working, monitoring, it's like celebrate it. It's like you reach a milestone. People forget to celebrate and enjoy themselves. So uh, don't be embarrassed. And uh, I would urge you to uh, take a step forward, join the happiness team. I think the power of it it's not just learning. You get a team of people that are outside of your head uh, seeing you make uh, good progress or taking a wrong turn, and they are committed to your happiness because you are committed to theirs. And this accountability aspect, I think, is a very powerful powerful aspect of what we're doing in the happiness team. Well, it's, it's really exciting, and I know, and I hope you guys will kind of, we're going to check in with you, and you'll check in with us, but everyone needs to go to happiness myhappiness.team and sign up it's the, the the workbook is free and it's it's a it's a valuable resource so um now if you've been watching the show closely you know that i've already eaten a yorkie this is a british <laughs> candy bar only available in in britain but this is my way of you know getting down with our, our british viewers stay tuned at 8 30 p.m uk time james valiant i mean expert in objectivism he'll be discussing ayn rand's essay the psychology of psychologizing so James is always, I mean, he, and we're students of objectivism to Tal's point, to Amanda's point, you don't have to be an expert. I've been reading this stuff for 20 years. I'm still a student and it's fun to learn new things and be corrected. So keep tuned into this channel, to our YouTube channel at 10 p.m. UK tonight. It's gonna to be Artful Tuesdays with Kirk Barbera and Luke Travers. They're gonna help you select the painting for your home. So you've got a big white wall. Oh yeah. Wanna know what put on it. <laughs> I, I have one idea. I don't know if you guys think of this. <laughs> Let's see it. What I was got? kicking my fist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll see. We're gonna You're going to get us kicked off of YouTube. What are you doing, yeah. man? But stay tuned to this channel. We're bringing ideas. We're changing the culture in one mind at a time. So thank you for making us part of your evening. And we will see you tomorrow. And thank you to Amanda and Tal once again. You guys are, you guys are great. We're excited about the project. Thanks, thank so you, Jonathan. See you next time on The Daily Objective. Be well. Bye-bye. Best premises. Thank you. <laughs>